from the studio in Southern California with your host, Victor Rancourt. I only knew one way and I knew the right way. It's the Hero Podcast. Today, Victor welcomes industry leader Joe Crisera on the show. We got there and I said, we're first going to teach the service techs and sales guys how to come together as a team. Without further delay, here's your host, Victor Rancourt. All right, guys, welcome to the Service Hero Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Rancourt. Uh, this is going to be our first episode, so I'm extremely excited to, to actually knock it out of the park with our first guest here, Joe Crisera. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm unbelievable. Thank you so much. What an honor it is to launch this podcast. And, you know, uh, there's not anybody that I know that has quite the energy that you do, Victor. So um, I've been pumped up. I'm just as excited about this uh, new venture and this launch that you're having as you are. So uh, between the two of us, we should be able to make it happen. Yeah, I think so, man. I'm a little, I'm a little bit more brash than you, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I've been thinking about it for a long time, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, "Hey, you know, you'd be a good, you'd be a good voice and a good way to, you know, bring out some stuff from, uh, from people that uh, most guys on the podcast are a little scared to talk about." Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so I mean, today is going to be about you, man. We're gonna, we're kind of gonna dig deep on where you started, how you got into the industry, and then you know, kind of work our way to you know, where you are now and how you're adapting to everything that's new. I mean, the internet and all the other things have changed. Uh, how long have you been doing this, Joe? I've been doing uh, in the service contracting business since 1977. Um, so I've been, uh, I, I went to, I was a plumber originally. My dad was a plumber. <clears throat> and then uh, I got into the heating and air conditioning business about 1979. So uh, <clears throat> for a long time, right, for over 40 years, I'm a boy, I'm a boyish uh old man <laughs> so i i try to I try try to stay current and you know I, I find really great people like you and i draft on them you know i kind of stay but i kind of hang behind and uh take take the energy that you have and that's one of my one of my superpowers is uh always being uh willing to learn right that uh no matter i never i never assume assume nothing right that's because i have been in, i've been doing this for 41 years or 44 years or whatever it is that uh, that I would assume I know everything. I in er, I'm always amazed every time uh, that I get on a Facebook message, uh, you know, a group like yours or any other groups that I belong to, even in my own group, that my students and my uh, clients teach me as much as I uh, teach them. You know, so I think it's a uh, uh, one of the things that uh, gives me my strength, uh, which I'm not fading. I'm getting in power because I'm open. I'm open to learning new things. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. So when you started out as a plumbing tech, were were you comfortable selling, or when did you start realizing that you know sales was going to be a big part of your future? I guess. Well, if if you had asked me back then, this would be the exact last thing I would ever say I wanted to do. Uh, you know, I remember when the, my first thing in sales was I got a job as a, a in a boiler room doing telemarketing for about I lasted about three hours and I had I just ran out of there because I was so uh, brash and so people are saying things I could never I could never imagine myself saying and so when I got in the plumbing business it was more like a factory job than it is today in a service business you just punch in you do your work and you go home right uh, so uh, so when I went into business in 1985 on my own that was the model I went by and so uh, I, did, I just thought it was sort of like a utility, like a, almost like a janitor of plumbing or heating and air conditioning, right? As opposed to somebody who saw opportunity. Um, and so uh, by the time I got to 1992, I had got myself in debt, in severe debt, 
Um, I owe I owed over two hundred fifty thousand in debt back in nineteen ninety two. My I had a divorce. My first wife, uh, you know, she had a, a mental uh, issue and. Uh, you know, I didn't know what to do with all that. And it was overwhelming, actually. I got myself in the perfect situation to really fail. Uh, the only thing that was uh, my superpower, one of my other superpowers, is I don't quit, right? And so yeah. even though everybody told me to go bankrupt, I just kept doing it. And finally, I had a client of mine, his name is Dave Muller. He uh, is in, he's in Gurney, Illinois. And he told me, he's like, you know, I noticed something about you, Joe. How's business going? I said, it's going great, Dave. And I did what everybody else does. They lie when things are going bad, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, so, and, so, and so I lied, and I'm like, it's going great. He's like, is it really going great, Joe? It's like, what do you mean, Dave? Why do you ask that? And he goes, well, because I know she got like 15 trucks, and none of the, the trucks are all stationary. They don't move anymore. And I said, yeah, that's because the employees are all, you can't find a good employee. It, really, Joe? And he said, yeah. And also my wife, she's you know bipolar. She has a problem. Oh, your wife, yeah. And then you know you got the you know the economy sucks. You got Cl Clinton's in office. You can't do anything like yeah. that. And he's like, oh, so you're gonna is Clinton the problem and your wife and the employees? He goes, Joe, do you hear something that is in common with all those problems? I said, what's that? He goes, well, don't you see what it is? I said, what is it, Dave? Is it my wife's uh, mother? Is she the one? <laughs> and he goes. Uh, He's like, no, it's you. You're not taking responsibility. You're, you're always, you're, you're always blaming others. Joe, I tell you something. When you point a finger out there at your wife or the economy or Bill Clinton, uh, you are got three fingers pointing back at you that you're not taking. You're not. You're not adjusting. You can't. He goes. There are people in a bad economy. There are, and this is not a bad economy. He said, by the way. He goes. And then <clears throat> there are people who go through divorces. There are people who have challenges with employees, and they still succeed. You know. So. It's not. It's not the employees or that. It's you. Yeah. So I can tell you right now what you're doing wrong. You're not. You're not knowing how to sell your services. So he gave me a wake up call. He's the one who told me he sold pharmaceuticals for a living. He told me, let me go ahead and help you. So he mentored me, and he told me how to do the premium mid range economy option. Showed me the science behind communication, the science of um, customer service in a way. And the the impact was immediate, Victor. It was like. Uh, in, in debt one day and by next week I could see the light at the end of the tunnel that I'm going to get out of debt because I can see how much more I would do if I did things the right way so when you do things the wrong way here's, here's one rule I can tell you about the whole thing Victor and you could probably tell me this too whenever it's too hard to do what you're trying to do you're probably using the wrong tool does that make sense? No, hundred percent. You ever do you ever do that before? You ever do that before and like work your ass off and it's still not working for you? Then you know you're using it's not you, it's the wrong tool you're using. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. And 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 I feel like that's the that can go resonate with a lot of HVAC owners, plumbing owners, any of them, or even, you know, technicians themselves, man. I, I I've been blessed to like when I started in the industry, I started at one of the premier heating and air conditioning contractors in the entire state of California. And I only knew one way and I knew the right way, right? So when you're trained from the beginning and, and that's why I'm real big in my business now is I'm, I'm bringing in green people, know nothing about it because it's easier to teach them the right way than try on teach them the wrong way, if that makes sense. Well, you know, that's really great. And uh, I believe in that university format because I really believe that companies like yours, you're not in the heating and air conditioning business you're in the people development business. That's your number one business is developing the people you have. And uh, when you develop those people, then your job becomes easier because the people you trained are doing the job for you as opposed to you having to do it. So anytime you're saying, 
I have to go out and do this. And I would even challenge you. I'd say, you know what? If you're going to go out and do and kick ass like you do, like I hear you do a, on your Facebook posts and things like that, I'm like, I'd be like, you know what? If I were, if I was mentoring you, I'd say, <clears throat> uh, doing that by yourself is good, but doing it and teaching somebody else what you did is great because now uh, we had an impact that's twice the amount. Both of us succeeded on this call, and you saw what just like you saw at the company you worked at before. You yeah. saw what success felt like, and you got to replicate that success uh, with your. Everybody has a duty who runs a company to duplicate the success that they've experienced with each employee in a way. So I would say owners of companies should never go out and do something unless they're teaching people what they're doing. Make sense? No, a hundred percent. And that's, that's one thing in my organization that we spend a lot of time training, you know, and that's, that's what frees me up to do the things that I do. Everyone's like, Oh, you're on, you're online, you're posting your, you know, you've got a podcast, you got all this stuff going on. It's because I put position people in position, you know, put people in the right position to succeed even when I'm not there. And, and I feel like a lot of guys are just too scared to give other people opportunities. And, and I feel like right. if, if they would stick, take a step back, let that person fail. Maybe, you know, I, I feel like everybody is so scared to let them fail. Oh, I'm going to lose money today. Well, you're going to lose money forever until you find someone that can do what you do. So you have to train them. And I think that's, you know, one of your, one of your gifts, right. Is, is training people and, and trying to get the best out of them, even if they don't even think they have that ability. Well, it's, it's, I love that. I always say that everybody is surprised every day. We're either surprised that we're working our ass off and accomplishing less than we want to. And man, I worked so hard and I didn't get anything from it. Or we're surprised that I didn't work as hard and I made more than I thought I was going to make, right? So, so, so it's like, that's a surprise that's open to us. If we, and you know what? I would say the results speak volumes. It's uh, if you're working hard and it's not going anywhere, stop take inventory and figure out what tool am i using the wrong way and we'll talk about more of that because i definitely see in you victor i see uh, in the very business that you operate you know when it comes to your uh facebook uh you know mar marketing page uh how you have taught me i learned a lot from that when i had a little thing with your session uh, i'll talk about that later i'd love to tell everybody what i learned from that because it was to me it's the future of customer service right and uh oh. The funny thing was I un unknowingly was doing what you're already doing, uh, but yeah. I wasn't doing it in a systemized fashion, which is something that's another lesson, right? If you, if you got something that happens by accident, you need to make it happen on purpose. It can't just no, be, it can't be accidental success. It's got to be, if this happened once, how can we make it happen again and again and again? Does that make sense, sir, Victor? Yeah, and that was, that's actually, we're having, you know, we're big on role play in my business. And this morning, you know, this guy, we got him up to go do role play, right? And he goes up there and, you know, I gave him, I told him what to say. Like, I wanted him to practice this rebuttal, right? And it was the one legger. I got to talk to my wife rebuttal and I wanted him to react to one, you know, in a certain way. And I said, Hey, that's how I would do it. And we should all be doing it the same way because that's why I'm successful. Right. That's why we're successful mm -hmm. in selling. We, 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 you know, I already learned it. This is how you do it. And that's how you overcome it. He's a new sales guy. So of course he wants to try his own way. Right. And the second I tell him how to do it, the next thing, the next line out of him, the guy, you know, we're role playing. He says, Oh, I got to talk to my wife. And he says, he, I don't remember what exactly what he said. And I'm like, I'm trying to give you the recipe for success, my friend, but you have to be able to accept it and then learn it and then be able to regurgitate it over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously that's the key. I mean, I know that you're, you're very big on consistency uh, from the people I talk to about your training and stuff like that. It's just being consistent and doing it every time. Well, you know, it's like the, um, when Dave Muller, my, my client told me what to do, 
<clears throat> I agree with you. I, I had I had to be in a place. Here's the interesting thing about that, Victor. If I was already successful when Dave told me what to do, most likely I wouldn't have listened to a damn word he said. Because I would like if I was just like my nose is just above water, like I was making a little bit of money. Like there's no way I would have listened to him because I'd be like, what, who's this guy going to tell me what to do? It, it had to be when I was so down and out that I was like, I was so desperate that I would say. I'm going to surrender to what he's saying to do. I call it surrendering. You have to surrender to this and give yourself 100% commitment to it. And, and that's something that I think that every coach, you know, I teach coaching too. We have our performance coach summit we do. And that's what I teach. I teach coaches to listen for the, um, for number one, the, uh, the willingness, which people, do they act like they're willing? And you may have the guy who acts like he's willing. But when you actually actually do this, the ownership is weak. You may mentally want to do it, but inside there's something that is a rope that's invisible that just prevents them. So you know, sometimes the coaching is like, you know, before you rope anymore, you should uh, go back and read these words, read them five times in a row, and, and, then, and then say them five times without reading them. And then let's come back and try it to see if you have better ownership. So willingness is when people say they're excited about doing something, but ownership, it means that I own this material and whatever it is I'm trying to learn from Victor, I have surrendered to it and I own it now. Now, now it's not, the interesting thing is just like when you learn from your other company, now it's not theirs anymore. It's yours because you own, because in a way, you, it's, your, it's interesting what you're giving. People don't realize this, Victor. You're giving them something that they're gonna last for the rest of their life. And, and and sometimes people are unwilling to own that, even though I'm trying to give you I'm trying to give you I'm trying to give you ownership of it, <clears throat> but you but you have to accept the ownership of it, right? And and you can't want people to learn more than they want to learn themselves. Sometimes I would tell people, take the weekend and ask yourself if you're willing to surrender to this because I'm trying to give you something to own for the rest of your life. And uh, you're right now, you're resist in your mind, you're resisting right now. And that, that sometimes takes time. It's like, uh, you gotta respect the law of the harvest. You plant the seed, you fertilize it, you put some water, you have the sun, and that sounds boring. You know, every one of those things are boring to watch, you know? <laughs> and but at the end, we have a beautiful flower, a beautiful tomato plant or whatever we're growing. But, it, but you have to respect the law of the harvest when you develop people. Uh, it's not just plant the seed and he, he's a technician tomorrow. It's going to be a process of, you know, plant the seed, fertilize it, water it, sunshine, darkness, you know, and then back back again. All of a sudden you have a little sprout. And that's like right now you're in that sprout stage with that employee, right? And uh, ho hopefully he'll break through the ground on that one. Makes sense? Well, I mean, he's been successful. So I've been, I've been lucky on that end, but I, don't, I want it to be a calculated success, not a accident success. And, I, and that's, right, you know, right, that's, yeah. that's the point where I'm trying to get him to right now. But I feel like I've, I've had that same, that same issue, that same hiccup he's having as a sales guy. I've had the same thing as a business owner, right? You know, I, I had so, <clears> I've had so much success, so much success that last, you know, I ended last year, I, I had blinders on. I, I couldn't even get out of my own fucking way, man. I, I felt like mm -hmm. I was, I felt like I was, I was God's gift and everything. I knew everything. I couldn't, I couldn't get any better, blah, blah, blah. And I, I felt that way. And that's probably the same way he feels until I got, mm -hmm. I got a piece of humble pie in March, you know, and shit hit the fan and then things weren't working and things went sideways and employees are mm -hmm. looking at me and I don't know what to do. And, and, and I hadn't been monitoring my own business and learning myself. And, and, and I think, 
I think I got hit in the mouth and I got to, I had to like, I got to the point where I was like, Oh shit. Now what do I do? Right. And I was able to, you know, shut the fuck up listen to some of my mentors and figure out, Hey, how do you get through this? How do you push? What do I need to get better at? And that's the same thing that, you know, a technician or anybody else that's trying to learn something new. Like I, I was never a numbers guy, right? I got people for that. Well, you got to be the owner, right? I have to own my problem. My problem was right. I wasn't watching the numbers. And now I'm, now I'm watching like a fucking hawk. I feel like that's all I do all day. I stared at a computer screen where before it was like all I was worried about <laughs> was selling shit. So right, uh, right, right. I, I kind of got my own, little bit of my own, my own medicine. And, and I, I came out like, you know, talking to myself five months ago to now is, is not the same person. I, I've, I've been humbled. I've had to learn myself. I've had to sit back. I've had to bring in some really smart people that know what they're doing. And, and it's, I've been blessed because of it. Cause I, cause I, I surrendered to the problem and then I found a solution and I found it quick enough before it became a major problem. So I, I understand exactly where you're coming from on that. Well, you know, that's exactly what I see with the younger generation of contractors like you and other people that I out there, the amazing, the amazing ability to pivot. Uh, matter of fact, um, I learned that too. I mean, I learned, we had that service MVP event we had in the fall. And I remember everybody I talked to in that room and I was so excited about the ability to learn something and put it in place, how quickly, because I'm like that too. I'm like the kind of person who could read a book on an, air, on an airplane and get off the flight and teach that subject the same day. Because that's, I feel yeah. like I, 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 I'm excited about t teaching it to people, you know? Um, and I, when I was excited to see I had a group of like-minded people who were in the same spirit where they were ready to move fast on things. And that's the biggest thing is when you recognize it's not working <clears throat> to be able to pivot quickly, because there's a lot of companies that are generational companies with the mother, the father, the sons, the sisters all working in the business. And the company cannot pivot because they're paralyzed because, oh, you can't do that with my sister in accounting. She'll have a fit. Or if mom hears about that, she'll, you know, so sometimes the family business part of it, it's almost so dysfunctional because as we have dysfunctional families too. We bring that dysfunction into the business. And uh, some of the, I really admire some of the generational companies that do um, pivot and say, you know what, I'm going to release the strings on that. And I'm going to move forward this way. So that's one of the things like the big white elephant in the room that's standing in the way of our success. Uh, could be some you know, your dad or something like that, a coworker. Uh, anytime you're in a company saying we uh, we can't do that because the accountant won't let us. Like I, I do a thing where I say the top option I create premium mid range economy options. The top option should have a 12 year warranty and service plan. And then there's people like you can't do that. I'm like, well, what if I gave you five thousand to do it? Would you do it then? Oh yeah, I could look at it then. <laughs> and so and so it's like uh, you know it's like there's things I teach that are like. Uh, you know, we can't do, I hear, I hear the word can't and I'm like, really? Because what if I paid more? Would I be able to get it done? Oh, yeah, I probably could arrange that then. You know, I hear it in California, right? We have to get 10%. We can only get 10% down. We can't take the whole amount down. I'm like, if you get the effing job started, you can get the whole amount down, dude. I said, just, I said, I said don't sit on your ass and book the call for next week. Uh, if you sell a big job for $40,000, get the money and start working. That's all there is to it, you know? Uh, and so, so many people have like, I can't, right? And they, they let the process the, from the government or from their family or somebody telling them what they can't do. And I'm like, well, you know what I do is I say I'm going to do it anyway and then uh, I feel this way I feel like as long as I know my motives are pure 
I can almost do anything I want to do because if I know it's in the best interest of our customer, then I know it's uh, going to be okay. Make sense? No, a hundred percent. And I feel like a lot of people suffer from a limited set of beliefs, man. And you know, I've, I've been there, you know, I, eight years ago, the last month I was doing oil changes for six seventy-five an hour. I had a limited oh, wow. set. Of, I had a limited set of beliefs. I was in Cleveland, Ohio. I was freaking freezing cold out and I'm working. I'm underneath the cars getting oil splattered on my face. And I thought that's where I was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, flat, fast forward to now and you, you're telling me I'm running, I'm running multiple businesses and, and all this stuff's going on. And, and it was because mm-hmm. I, I started believing in myself, you know, when I first yeah. got into HVAC, I didn't know shit about it, but I just, I put my head down and said, I'm going to learn everything there is to be about this and I'm going to be the best that's ever done it. And that's what I said from day one. I had no idea it was going to be a business ownership. I thought I was going to do sales my whole life. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And then as you start progressing, you're like, I can do that. I can do that. And one of the hardest things as a business owner is to be able to do everything, right? That's when I found out when I, when I started to become a business owner, I'm like, wait, I have to create everything, everything from the beginning to the end. And every day I just woke up and I said, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen, you know? And, and I've had some dark ass days, man. I thought, you know, I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm running out, I'm running max out every credit card, uh, borrowing white my, my borrow my wife and borrow money for my wife, borrow money for my friends, whatever it was to keep this thing going. Cause I had this belief in my head that I, I, I have something here and I can make it happen. And I think more people just need to have a belief in themselves. Right? Like if they, mm-hmm. if you believe in yourself, there's some crazy shit that can happen for you, man. Well, I, I agree with that too. I think, uh, you know, what you have is an intangible that's called confidence, but you know, confidence is only, uh, the result of repeatedly doing something that's working. When you do something repeatedly that's over and over again that keeps working, then you have confidence it's going to work, right? Like when I teach people my material, I, I know that. So I, it's really good to run a business like mine and like you run too, uh, where you feel like when somebody makes a purchase, it's always successful. Like it's not like nobody, nobody ever buys from me and feels like, uh, man, I got I didn't get enough from him, right? It's always like, even before they bought from me, they're like, man, I think I should have paid for that, right? <laughs> like, like maybe I should have, should, do I, do I owe, do I owe you? people ask me, do I owe you something for that first talk? I'm like, no, I was just getting to know you. Oh, well, because I learned like eight things when you talked in that first time, right? And even the podcast, like when I do a podcast, I don't come here to uh, make myself look good. I come here to learn from you and I come here to, uh, try to teach people things that I have learned, right? The things I've done wrong and things I've done right, right? And uh, through those, those stories are what make make us our life, you know? I feel like you've probably forgotten more than most of us know, though, at well, this I've point. Had, I've, made, I've, made, I've made way more. What, I, I can tell you this. Any mistake you've ever made in your life, I've made it 15 times. So I'm, it's, another, it's something I can tell you. I can smell when somebody's getting close to a problem because I can, I can sniff it. I, it doesn't even – like if I, I remember I went to a place on the East Coast. It was a big company. They were featured in PA Magazine and everything like that. I won't mention the name of them. But they took me for a tour of their facility. They had a call center. with This is one of the big uh, the flat-screen TVs where the first time they did it, right? It was all in the PM Magazine. And they hired me to do a maintenance call training for their guys. And they took me for a tour of the place, and they're like – so what do you think? Uh, you like our operation? I'm like, yeah, it looks really good. But the only thing I can tell you is you're not making money, right? And they're like, what do you mean? I said, what's your profit, like 3%? And they're like, how do you know that? 
And then the guy shut the door. He goes, like, yeah, it's actually 3%. <laughs> How'd you know it was 3%? I said, well, I can tell. The, the truck's got dents in it. You never fix those. The parking lot's not paved. The guys don't have, they got uniform pants, but the knees are all falling apart. You know, nobody, because you've got plenty of money coming out your ass. You'd be replacing uniform pants. You'd, you'd be having, I, you'd have wrapping, you'd have wraps on those trucks. You wouldn't be I, I, having I, a I got a freaking twitch. I get a freaking twitch if I got a hole in my pants and one of my guys' pants, man. I'm like, what is going on? Get that <laughs> right, shit off. Right. I get a twitch exactly. when I wear the wrong logo. <laughs> my old one. I'm like, oh my that god, that ever happens? Yeah, right. It's like, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not working for Budweiser today. You're working for me. <laughs> so, so the bottom line is that uh, you're right. I can I can smell it a mile away. And they're like, yeah. And that, then they hired me for 38 weeks that year. They were. They said, can you help us fix it? I said, yeah. And the funny thing is this, Victor. I got there and I said, we're first going to teach the service techs and sales guys how to come together as a team. So the service techs turn leads over to salespeople. We get that system going. We're going to get that system put in place. So we did. We worked for four weeks to get that in place. At the end of a month, the owner goes, oh, my God, I can't believe you lowered our, our overhead. Our overhead was 45% and now it's 38%. I can't believe you lowered. How did you lower the overhead? I said, dude, I didn't lower the overhead. I just increased sales. <laughs> the over, overhead's still the same. Don't worry, I didn't change a damn thing there. He, 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 he thought I cut people out. He's, did you fire somebody? I said, no, I just sold more stuff with the same opportunities you got. That's how that's how the overhead got lowered. Does that make sense, Victor? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and I think that one of the one of the things that we all forget in this industry is that we our businesses isn't heating and air. It's not plumbing, right? It our, our business is sales and marketing. And we just happen to do heating and air conditioning or plumbing or whatever it is. And once you once you get that resonated inside your business, and, and that's how my my employees understand. That's all we are. We do we do certain we do sales. We do uh, marketing and uh, sales, and then everything else comes in between. And I think that once you guys once a business owner gets that sales mindset throughout their business, and all of a sudden they see the the, the possibility of their margins or, or the profit going up just based on sales alone, it starts blowing their minds. Well, I have I have some thoughts on that. So here here's what I see. Uh, in the you know I have over six thousand people we work with on our e-learning platform at contractorselling.com and Service MVP, and um, <clears throat> I see the, com the companies that are successful. Here's a flow. If you're going to make a organizational chart, uh, usually people make a flat organizational chart. They have like the owner, the managers, technicians, and that. what they leave out is this. So here's the thing. Number one, marketing is at the top of that chart. It's number one. You can't without. without I can't even sell something without somebody to talk to. So I need. Uh, so I say persuasion needs an audience. We we need to we need to have somebody to talk to, right? Number two, sales is number two after marketing because if you get calls to come in and you can't convert the calls, then why keep marketing? You're not wasting your money. Yeah. Uh, number three. Uh, operation should come at the at the pleasure of of the sales. So sales is the one running the operation, and then underneath that is uh, operations is everything, tax, every, installers, everything like that. The people answer their phone, and then at the end of it is the financial, the bookkeeper or accountant. Right? Here's what happens at companies I see: the accountant somehow gets the ear of the owner because they can't pay the bills. And then they start, that person at the bottom of the organization starts going to the top and everything has to go through them. So we can't market because the accountant said we can't afford it. It's not in the budget. Or we can't get Joe Cressera because uh, we can't, it's not in the budget. What the, what the person who's doing financials doesn't understand, if you had the right marketing and you had the right sales, 
everything else would work. But when you put the accountant at the top of the chart, this shit doesn't work. It, it's the killer of all companies. You know, yeah. the worst case scenario, we have the accountant at the top telling us what we can't do. Everything's can't do. It's not in the budget. Uh, the operations underneath them, because, you know, our service manager doesn't want us to do this or that. You can't, hey, Victor, don't sell that kind of a job because our installers can't do it. So the operations telling sales, that's a good way to lose a salesperson is to tell the sales guy what he can't sell. Uh, that's a bunch of bull, if I'm not concerned. You know, it's a swear and things like that, but I hope I'm not too coarse for your podcast. But the... Uh, <laughs> got to be a little bit more coarse, my friend. A little bit. You got to step it up a little bit. No, <laughs> exactly. I got I to catch up to you, right? So, yeah. the, uh, so, so the thing is this, you know, marketing, sales, operation, finance are in that order. Uh, when you put finance or operation at the top of that chart, and then, you know what? Here's the thing, Victor. You can tell the company stinks. When you talk to these companies, when you go out there and talk to these people, here's how you know they stink. They stink because the uh, <clears throat> the salespeople and the and the guys who sell things, they're an interruption to the business. They're not the when you're doing good when you're doing a good a business like yours, marketing and sales are the reason for the business, not an interruption to it, right? Uh, but in an operation or finance run business. The sales guy is just a pain in the ass who sells too much stuff. We can't keep up with him. Or he, he he's making the schedule too full for us to do anything. You know, and that's the kind of thing you know your company sucks when you are having your accountant or your <clears throat> bookkeeper or your, uh, your install manager, or your project manager or something like that is telling you how we're going to sell these jobs. It's like, dude, you're at the bottom of the food chain. You're not telling us shit. We're, we're telling you how you're going to do these jobs. That's what, the, the, like the accountant saying, we can't sell 10 years of service agreements. I don't know where to put the money. I'm like, lady, put it in the fucking bank, okay? Just quit, <laughs> quit, quit, I got a quit, good idea quit, for you. Quit, quit, quit jacking around with me. No, seriously, they're like, I don't know how to account for that. I'm like, account for it as a sale, and that's all you do. And then there's liability in the future on that sale. It's okay. Uh, but, you know, let's not let the accountant start screwing this thing up on us. Let's make sure that if we have an opportunity to give our customers a certain level of service, don't let the accountant or your operation manager, your office manager, or your sales manager, or your service manager tell you you can't do stuff like that. Uh, sales are infinite. You should be able to give people whatever service they're looking for, even if you have to hire another company to do it for you. You know, that's what I feel about yeah. it. Hundred percent. It's like my my accountant the other day is yelling at me. He's like, "Well, you're going to buy more trucks again." And I said, "Yeah, I'm going to buy more trucks, and I'm never going to be booked out more than three days." If I booked out more than three days, my sales guy, my sales guys can't do their job. If my sales guys can't do their job, the money doesn't come in. So I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> That's the exact conversation I had with oh. him. He's like, well, you're right. I'm like, yeah, exactly. When we got more weather coming, we need more trucks so we can install more shit so you can have more money so I can pay your salary. Right. Well, you know, anytime you're asking your financial person for their advice on whether we should do something in our company, that's a cop out. You're an idiot for asking that person because that's just a score. It's, it's like running a football team, Victor, and asking the scoreboard operator if we should throw the ball on this play. You know what I'm saying, it's, oh, like, yeah. it's like the guy, because you know, all the accountant and the bookkeeper are is a scorekeeper. That's all they are. They're to give us the score so the people who are selling know that they're selling effectively and the people who are operating know that we're efficient. So operations is about efficiency. Uh, sales is about profitability. Uh, accounting is just about tell us the score and shut up. We don't need to hear anything else from you. But I don't think we should buy another truck. Who told you to say something? 
don't don't even because uh, you're because I can tell you right now you're a future fucking ex accountant right now oh, yeah. in my company if you're telling me that shit you know what I'm oh saying? yeah like, hundred percent man just, there, there I go I'm, I'm off the leash now dude they can't oh shit I got the f bomb from Joe Casario y'all heard that here first no I'm just kidding no man you it, know it's, saying? It's... that's why I believe it man that's that's my and I, I see I smell it you can, you too when you go out there like oh yeah look at the fucking office manager telling us we can't do you know we don't like to do that because it makes the guys uh, feel bad it's like fucking office manager saying you know it's like what the hell we got hurt what, what am I talking to her for you know what I'm saying yeah. she's just supposed to keep the operation working in that area answer the phones and book the calls that's your job uh, when I ask you for strategic advice on the business we'll, I'll elevate you to board of directors and we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk at that point makes sense no yeah and, and i've i've you know i've had a lot of pushback right because i'm a dreamer right I, I always tell people i'm a dreamer i'm like i'm already five years ahead of this like that's i don't i don't reside in today i reside in the future and that's how i've always operated and, and i make decisions and i make quick rash decisions and i stick with them and i make them the right decision and if you're not with me, you're against me is how I feel, right? If you're telling me I can't do it, I can't do it. I said, no, fuck you. Right? If I didn't, if I wouldn't, I didn't need to go get a new building in the, at the end of last summer, right? But if I didn't get this building I'm in right on the freeway and have this, everybody on social media seeing this thing going up and building, right? I wouldn't be where I am today. Everybody mm -hmm. told me, oh, we can't afford that. We're not going to do that. No, we can't afford not to do it. And the right. same thing, the same thing right now, you know, I'm, I just got this new 10,000 square foot building. They're like, well, why do we need that building? Because guess what? Next year, I'm going to be too big for that fucking building. We're going to need right. a bigger building because right. I already, I'm already moving on, moving forward. And, and I think a lot of guys are just, they're, they're scared. They're scared to, to, to gamble everything. If that makes sense. I, I, you don't, you don't want to go to Vegas and me, Joe. It shit gets wild. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think you're not, I don't think you're really a gambler though. I think people like you are playing with house money. You know, the reason you would build a facility or buy more trucks when you don't need them yet is because you you can you can see based on the trend that we're working on that we have a predictable outcome to our our, our opportunities. You know, the, again, the sales that you make are the things that inspire you to buy a property for next year, or or even think about the amount of trucks we're going to need, or the kind of university we're going to have to get here, things that we're going to need here. That's only because the sales part of it and the marketing part of it uh, in, uh, made 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 that vision possible. Because that's that's really you're. I would say you're not gambling. You're playing with house money. You you know that money's coming because you've already seen a predictable trend from where it started to where it is now, and it's yeah. not going to go backward. Now that's your that's your job though as an owner is to make sure that it doesn't go backward. To to, to look at that scoreboard that the yeah. that the that the uh, financial people are providing look at it quickly and pivot quickly to change things because if you let things that are not working go on because something else is in the way then you are the problem as a leader that's what i can uh, tell 100 percent. and i can tell you right now at, at this moment i'm i'm kind of i'm scary because i have no worries man I, I i've never been i've never felt like this before if you know what i mean joe like i feel like i'm unstoppable at this point because I put in so much fucking work all the time, all day long that I, I don't have any more stresses that, you know, the stresses I had the last, you know, 20 months before this mm -hmm. are, I, I don't wake up anymore. I don't wake up sweating and, and thinking like, where am I going to pay for these bills anymore? And once you guys, and once a business owner gets to that position, he's comfortable <clears> to where he can make a decision and he knows it's not going to hurt his business. Even if he does fail, and that's when you become dangerous at that point, right? At this point, I'm dangerous because I know that I put myself in a position that I can fail one or two times and I'm still going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that a lot of people have to be less scared to fail. 
Right. Like that. Does I, that I make agree, sense? I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, you know, but I think, um, which kind of leads me to what I think I'd like to make sure we cover before I before we I end understand. this podcast here, which is really, and you inspired me, so thank you for, <laughs> thanks for inspiring me. I appreciate that. Here's the thing about it. I like to make sure we cover. One of the new things that I've learned over the last year, let's say, last from 2019 at this time to 2020 at this time, what do we think we learned together? I mean, all of us here. Here's the things I've learned, and I've seen that uh, just blown my blown the top of my head off, right? And that's here's what I've learned. I've learned that number one, <clears throat> image is important to marketing. I've always known that branding was important. It's something I that's something I did not know, but I didn't realize just exactly how much easier it is to market when the image and the branding is good when it's right. You know, so that's one thing that. By watching guys like Dan Antonelli, who I think will be on one of your future shows. Yeah, I, think I got I him coming on pretty soon. Yeah. I heard you recruiting him uh, coming on. He's 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 definitely a great, great guest, and uh, I really think that's a really good guest because I think the branding is such an important aspect, uh, and it gives us something to aspire to, right? Uh, the absolute uh, comfort that people are that your, your company puts out there. That's uh, something we all should be aspiring to, right? Uh, and you know the brand makes the marketing uh, something that's easier to do when you got the brand. Number two is that what I learned from you and just seeing what you guys are doing with this uh, your Facebook marketing initiative with Hero uh, is that my paradigm, being ancient, being old, right, is that you place an ad and then you wait for the phone to ring. That's what I thought, you know. I think that's what everybody thinks. We we yeah. get our mark, we get our mark, get our image. We place an ad that's got benefits for a customer, and then let's all hang, let's all wait around the phone for the thing to ring, right? Uh, and <laughs> that's what I thought it was. And then when I saw, saw what you were doing on your on your Facebook marketing, which is to yeah, we place an ad, we watch if people are, are even noticing it, if how many impressions it has, then we're watching when people click on it and just interacting with that person. And then if they click again and give us something else, now we have a second, a little warmer lead. And then if we make a phone call, that's hot. That's going to be a call, right? And yeah. so that to me is the future of customer service. Ironically, it's something that we already here were doing here at our company. We mm -hmm. we were I would go I would go out and make Facebook posts and people are like, Who the hell's that guy? Right? And then <laughs> And then like, hey, do you have a script? Here it is. Like I'd give them stuff, right? And be like, wow, Jesus, you got more, where else can you get this? Well, if you want to, I can give you a tour of our place. Sure, give me a tour. And next thing you know, every time I give somebody a tour, just so you know, if you do ask for a tour of my place, you're probably going to buy from me. Just <laughs> just let, let you know that. That's probably going to happen. I hate to, I don't want to tell you that, but give yeah, you a little hint. But if that's you ask how it me works, say, what, if you, but The second somebody says, what, Joe, can you show me what you guys have to offer? Uh, that person's sold. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to be not sold. Uh, you know, only when they're not ready for it. It may either be sold now or sold in the future. If you know, some people just aren't start having started with the company yet, maybe they're not ready yet. But uh, but I look at it this way: if we've we've done the same thing, we interact, you create value, even in, even in that content, there's value, like you guys do with your hero uh, marketing. You provide the consumer value. They're like, well, who's that company? That's a good that's a good piece right there. That's a, interesting, and then. Like I need to learn more about that. And next thing you know, you're you're gaining trust on each one of those things there, and that's something that I kind of already did know. Sometimes it's things that are you, they're, in plain, they're hidden in plain sight, right? Uh, and those are things that I really uh, have learned this past year. And then 
finally, here's the final thing, is that in this time of crisis that everybody's going through, supposedly this crisis, you can't afford to give employees um, discretion as to how they're going to operate. You have to say, listen, we have we're, we aspire to protect that brand, to make sure we live up to the marketing. We get, we're gonna, marketing is making a promise. We have to fulfill that promise. And we're going to do it with a certain image that we're going to do as well. Here's a certain style and a certain operational system we're going to use. Make the options, make them personal, bring it to a conclusion. That's what we're going to do on every call. Um, you can hardwire that. What I've, I've learned big, big time is that even in my own training, like what we do, Victor, when somebody joins us as a client, we go, okay, on the first meeting, we need to have you, your dispatcher, and your managers on the first meeting. Why do we need that? Because we're going we're gonna to hardwire the training. We're not going to just say you got this training thing that nobody's going to use. You got a training thing, and we're going to do a strategy meeting to, to teach people how we're going to do this. And so the dispatcher is going to put all the training we're doing with the first five people onto the schedule so they show up. And if they don't show up, you don't give them another call. That's just what we tell people. And so we've learned that, and by the way, you can borrow this initiative for your own company. Yeah. You don't have to just do it through me. You can say, I'm going to have the, my guy watch these videos. I'm going to have my guy learn how to do this program, right? And if he doesn't show up for that, he doesn't get any more calls to do. That's the big thing. But the number one management principle that I've really gotten strong on this last year, and it's even more important because of the crisis we have, is only give people another activity when, the, when you've seen that the last one was done correctly. If you can do that, you can scale any company to be gigantic. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the same. That's kind of the same principle with my guys, and they're like, "Hey, I, I want to start selling equipment. I want to start doing this, right?" Well, you got to do X, Y, and Z first, and prove you can do X, Y, and Z before you can move to the next level. And I, and I think does that make sense? So, like a lot of a lot of businesses, yeah. they they just let guys right away. Here, you can go out and do this. You have to put they, levels they, to it. What they do is they cowboy it. They're like, "Yeah, let them do it." It's like, no, you, you have to, it's a process. You have to say, first, show me you can do do a maintenance call and sell on that." Yeah. And then you look at the maintenance stars. Okay, you're going to be a service tech now. <laughs> and then the service tech stars. Hey, have you thought about sales? Because you're doing good at that, you know. And uh, th that's really how the organizational chart should go. Really. How about this? Installers, helpers that kind of see opportunities and they become an installer. Installers that start seeing opportunities to sell and they do that there. Then they go a maintenance tech and then they become a service tech and then they become a salesperson. And they're, next thing you know, they're running a five, five people in a group. They're doing a performance group with five people in it. And uh, that's really kind of how the flow should probably work, I believe. It's, it should be like you start here and you work up over there. Now, there are some people who are capable of starting in the middle somewhere because they've got more experience. But even those people have to be oriented to the culture properly because one of the biggest challenges a company like yours, yours is going to have is bringing in people from a different culture, trying to change your culture. So you got to make sure that, uh, that that's the biggest threat to you. Your biggest uh, threat, I feel, is other people coming into the organization trying to change what you built. You know what I'm saying? No, hundred percent. And I, the business I started at, they they put those things in place, right? So when I talk to my guys, they're like, "Oh, I want to sell," and I said, "You have no idea what it takes to get to that level." Because the company that I started at, they you started at this level and you had to like kick everyone's ass to even even think about going to the next level, right? And mm -hmm. vice versa. And I had to go through the ringer and the ringer and ringer and guess why I am who I am, right? 
because I kept fighting and fighting <clears throat> and learning and learning yes. and learning. And these guys just want me to give shit to them. You know what I mean? Yep. There's, there's no gifts in life. You can't, you can't just go from day one to being where I'm at or where anybody's at without having to go through all the other shit and learning and, and sharpening your tools and doing all that stuff. And when I was, when I was going through it, I'm like, come on, just give me the book already. Let me, and you know what I mean? <clears throat> I was trying to, I was trying to skip forward. But now looking back at it, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have done it any other way because I wouldn't have learned everything I had to learn to get here. Because when you're thrown out in the fire and the whole business is depending on you making sales, it's a whole nother ball game, right? When I, and I had, this, I had this issue when I left my first company and went to my second. I went from having a whole room full of lions, right? All of us were sales that everybody came together. We were all selling mm-hmm. to where I went to my next business where the whole business depended on me. You know, yeah. I was, at, I remember one month I sold over 500,000 and the next guy behind me is 120,000. So that means the whole business is depending on me coming right. up every day. Right. And once you get put in that position and you realize you didn't bend, you haven't been through enough, enough, uh, you know, they've been through the gauntlet to get there and then you, you get, you get exposed really quick. But, but yeah, and it looks like you, uh, it looks like you got something to get off to Joe. You got another yeah. meeting. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, just for a little bit, but I get, we, can, we can wrap it up though if you want to. So yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not rushing to get off, but if you want to, uh, uh, we got a few. We got a few minutes. I, I got to about th- uh, about ten minutes. So I mean, if you want to, want to wrap it up, we can. Uh, I had a, by the way, thanks for again inviting me here, and uh, I hope I am uh, doing a good job providing value. Uh, uh, that's really what I intend to do. I, I didn't come here to uh, to waste anybody's time or to listen into something that's going to be average. I want this I want this podcast to be great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think I think uh, like I tell everybody, I don't do anything to be to be second. I want to I wanted this to be to grow into one of the top you know podcasts in our industry, and and I wanted people to be able to listen to this weekly and, and learn something, right? Mm-hmm. Because not everybody has mentors, so if you can get something out of this podcast every single week, that's gonna keep pushing you, your business, your sales process, or anything forward in your life, then it's worth the hour of my time, and, and I'll keep spending that hour of my time over and over and over if it's gonna help somebody else succeed, and, and that's what I truly believe to me uh, is, is my key to my success is, is my willingness to want others to do well. Uh, I sincerely mm-hmm. really want everybody to succeed and I want everybody to have the success that I had. You know, I, I know I'm blessed, man. And you're blessed too, Joe. And we, are. We're, we weren't, we didn't just come out of nowhere. We worked our ass off to get it. So if you get one thing out of this podcast today is be confident, right? Be confident in what you're doing and then keep pushing no matter what. If anyone tells you you can't do it, just, just keep showing up, keep showing up over and over and over. And eventually you're going to be where you want to be. And, and no one's going to be able to tell you shit at that point, man. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the things we learned here today are um, if you're, if you're working too hard and not having the result, you're using the wrong tool. I think that's yeah. an important factor. Make sure that you understand that if you're going to run a successful company, it's really a marketing and sales organization and operation and finance are things that follow suit at the pleasure of marketing and sales. The, the result of the operation and the result of the finance is what the sales and marketing have said we're going to do. Uh, it's not the opposite way around. That's what I think. And then number three, I think you're right. I think uh, repetition breeds confidence that you're not going to get confident unless you've had success doing something. And so, um, you know, find the right thing to succeed at. And you know, the funny thing is, Victor, as you've seen it, when looking back, the path almost seems to, even though we work hard, I mean, I'm saying it don't work hard, but the truth is, even though I may work 12 hours in a day or whatnot I do right now, 10, 10 12, 14 hours sometimes, right? People call me all the time. But um, 
it's always a, it's a labor of love. I don't really look at it like work, just like you don't. It's like uh, yeah. there's nothing I'd rather be doing than the thing I'm doing when I'm doing it. Like th this podcast, there's nothing that I would uh, say is uh, in front of it uh, today. So thank you for the opportunity to be here to share with people. And uh, thanks for uh, having the energy to kind of reinvigorate uh, me as well. Too. I appreciate that. All right, Joe, thank you so much for having uh, for coming on. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of the Service Hero podcast. Uh, I'm super excited. I uh, hope you guys tune in next week. I'm, I'm going to begin meeting with uh, uh, Patrick Lange, who's a top HVAC business broker. Uh, he's going to teach you everything you need to know how to set up your business so that when someone does come along and want to buy it, it's ready to go. So talk to you guys next week. Thanks again, Joe. Have a good day, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. All right, man? Bye-bye. Have a good one, everybody. Be sure to tune in next week as Victor welcomes Patrick Lang, an experienced HVAC-specific business broker based in Horseshoe Beach, Florida. Thanks for tuning into the Hero Podcast.